welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back once again here in the Sports Buffoon Studios out of Lenexa, Kansas. Here we are, a little different setup today, you guys. How's uh, Tanner Dawson and Jason JG doing? Whoa, 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 what up, y'all? What up, y'all? Doing just dandy. Just dandy. I was about to say, this is a very <laughs> sobering show today, but I feel the energy already, so this is going to be a, a wonderful uh, recap of what happened uh, this past weekend. But, guys, the good news is, we're going to fix some of the problems here for the future, so don't worry. Stick around for that. We're going to talk about Chiefs off-season outlook as well as some McDonald's new menu items, apparently, is a big some hot topic. menu right hacks, apparently. We're, we're sports buffoons. Apparently, we're also uh, fast food buffoons, too. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, and then, Whataburger. What else are we talking about? Whataburger. <laughs> well, Jason hates Whataburger, so that's going to be uh, – <laughs> maybe he can make a, make a creation of a burger from Whataburger that's actually good. I, I have a creation. Stay tuned. Okay. There you go. And then, of course, we're going to talk about some Brian Flores situation here coming up as well towards the uh, end of the show with that hot topic of the week, actually. It's going to be the hot topic of the, all, most of the offseason, honestly. Yeah, it, and it's it going to explode. Explode. The amount of things that are put into this lawsuit against the NFL is mind-boggling. So uh, it's not just one thing. you got like four or five different avenues here of – some real shady things that's gone on in the NFL, it sounds like. So, um, first and foremost, you guys, uh, like I said, a sobering show. We're all sipping on some water here. So, we're going to behave ourselves this week. That's amazing. I know. It's kind of odd. And with that said, you guys, Chiefs, Bengals, recap for just a few minutes. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I'll be honest. We've already thought about this enough times, gone over it in our heads a hundred times. We saw how it unfolded. I just wanted to sit there and be quiet and sip on some whiskey. And Chiefs end up obviously losing the game 27-24 yeah. through a probably Patrick Mahomes' worst second-half performance in the history of his career. And um, I first want to hear some of your guys' opinions, though, before we dig more into the game. Jason, what are your initial thoughts of how you feel about what happened in the AFC Championship game? Well, I'm going to start off with uh, the leader of the pack there, Patrick Mahomes. And I think that the biggest shock for me – was his decision-making in that second half. Mm -hmm. And I think he's gotten to a point in his career. Now, you, you can say it's a down year. I mean, people have been saying that all year long. And in a, in a down year for Mahomes, guess what? He's going to post a lot of huge stats, stats which he did. But I, I think the biggest issue for him is uh, he's got to figure out a way to not just rely so much on his talent because he's the most talented player slash quarterback in the NFL. He's got to do a better job on his decision-making and, and not just rely on that huge arm and running around the pocket or whatever the heck he was trying to do out there. But um, still had elite numbers this year. Um, I do expect a bounce back uh, year from, from Mahomes next year. Now, as far as the game itself, um, my question is, does Andy give in too easily to Mahomes? So I feel like a lot of situations – Mahomes is calling the shots and he probably shouldn't be doing that. Like Andy, I think needs to have more confidence in overriding his quarterback. Yeah. You're saying it's kind of like the Raven situation where Harbaugh goes up to whoever's the quarterback, Lamar or whoever. And it's like, Hey, are we going for it or not? And that costs them games at times. 
you think it's a similar situation where he's just not giving the tough love to the, to Mahomes? I think it's just the trust factor, really, because Mahomes has proven that he's capable of making plays all the time, right? So when it doesn't happen, it's disappointing, of course, but in big moments, like I think the end of the half right there, when I believe Andy Reid wanted to kick the field goal there, go up 24-3, to Mahomes told him, no, no, I got this. And Mahomes ran back out on the field, threw a uh, quick little kind of a swing pass, kind of a, out to the flats of Tyreek Hill, had nowhere to go at all. And Mahomes even doubled down and said if he had the opportunity, he'd do that same pass again, which I don't understand that really. But I don't get that. that's uh, his opinion at the time. He's being a little boneheaded about it, I believe, a little, little headstrong about his decision that he made there. But at the end of the day, that decision right there cost the Chiefs potentially the victory because then the end of the regulation there would not have been to drive down to tie. It would have been drive down to win. And then the game didn't even go to overtime. Then the game's won right there because the Chiefs are already up, uh, tied at that point to then go up uh, with a field goal. So it's pretty crazy the amount of the, – the whole thing, the way this thing fl- flipped from the first half to the second half. Mahomes had three touchdowns. His QBR was like a 98 point something uh, based on the ESPN QBR scale. Second half was like a 1.4. Wow. which is the lowest he's ever had in his wow. career, of course. It felt like about negative 10. Right. I mean, it, it was as bad as you can get. It was like 55 yards passing in that half. Andy Reid got away from the run game. They couldn't convert first downs anymore. The whole attitude about the team when they came out from halftime, the whole demeanor was different. And there was no energy anymore. Guys were not making plays. And the play calling just really went in the tank. Like, you know, Andy Reid's one of the best script play callers in the entire league. I guarantee if you look up a stat about – how the Chiefs have, you know, the, the best first quarter and set in first half offenses in the league. I guarantee that's true because the guy can put together a game plan better than anyone in the entire league. It's about adjusting and adapting throughout the game where he gets pass happy and runs into situations where situational football is not his best <clears throat> friend at all times. So yeah. at the end of the day, I just thought it was a situation where Reed and Mahomes both failed the team. And I guess if you're going to go down, you might as well go down with your best options because – it was Mahomes is why they lost the game, but he's also the reason probably why they were in that game in the first place. So Yeah, and again, I look at 21-10 over and over again. At some point when you're the Chiefs, you have it's okay to kick field goals. Now, I know the rest of the league doesn't play like that. They don't think like that, especially the Chargers. They think they have to go for it every time, and that's fine because the Chiefs are the reason why they're doing that. But if you are the Chiefs, Guess what? It's okay to kick field goals, especially in the first half. Well, that play call in the first half was also supposed to be in the end zone. So, like, the play call was right. The execution was wrong. Right. And then, obviously, we saw later on in the game, we've seen some of the clips now. Obviously, all of you on Twitter have seen some of the short videos of of the situation at the end of of the regulation where Mahomes took a sack when he had wide open Kelsey in the end zone, wide open Pringle coming open in the end zone. And then takes another sack, of course, um, directly after that. I don't remember the last time Mahomes took back-to-back sacks in a game. That's right not Tampa. something. Yeah, exactly. Not in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> Super Bowl game. Would have been the last time that happened. So normally, obviously, he's a quick decision maker and not hesitant. Or I feel like he just was not playing confident there in the second half of the game. And uh, it's it's weird seeing our Superman be so human. And because uh, we've seen so much out of him in the past, and he does have that swagger about him that belief in himself at all times to just let the let unleash the dragon and just chuck that damn thing and force it into a tight window if he has to and all of a sudden it was like this new guy came out of the locker room at halftime and it was just a whole whole different mentality coming from the entire team not just him but 
Reed, Mahomes, some other guys on that on that offense as well, not doing quite good enough. So, uh, any final wrap up thoughts, you guys, before we uh, dig into some of our free agents for the Chiefs offseason outlook? I, I would just say that you know, even though Mahomes did melt down in that game, there a lot of superstars throughout the course of history have melted down, and it's not like the end. It's not the end all be all. He he will bounce back. I mean, it reminds a, a lot of us of LeBron James when he melted down in 2011 against the Mavs, and he single-handedly wrecked that series because of his meltdown. Well, guess what? LeBron is still one of the greatest players ever, and I still expect the same thing for Mahomes as we move forward. And I, I still think that the window is still there for the Chiefs, but the window is tightening. So we got to make something happen here in the offseason. Yeah. I mean – my big thing is there's a lot of talk on Twitter about moving on from certain coaches, including Andy Reid himself, um, especially with EB and Kafka situation going on. I just wanted – I got a tweet here, Boomer. I mean, obviously put it there, the Reid dynasty. Since Andy Reid hit the Chiefs, nine consecutive winning seasons, seven consecutive playoff appearances, eight and nine years, seven and uh, consecutive 10-win seasons, six consecutive division titles, four – Conference final appearances, two Super Bowl appearances, one title. He's 103 and 42. Like, I, there's no reason why Reed should be in the talk right now, unless you just want to go ahead and just restart. Let's just restart and go back to our 10 ways. So, yeah, and like half of those 42 <clears throat> losses are probably due to Reed just making some boneheaded mistakes That's and literally self what it is. Self inflictions, basically. Outside of that, he's giving you the best opportunity to win. Right. There's no one else. Here's the thing. We we got to live and die with what we got with Reed, and because it's you're not going to find anyone better than him right now available. So he's got his he's got his problems here and there, but he's the best option for what Kansas City needs at all times right now. I want him to be here as long as he wants to be here. So Correct. and to, to talk to your point here, Jason, about how the window is tightening, partially some of that's because we have an aging tight end now. Kelsey's going to be 33 this coming season coming up. Patrick Holmes 27, still obviously has another you know at least 10 years of good play left. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill is going to maintain that number one speed uh, going into his 30s. He's going to be 28, uh, obviously coming up here very soon. So there is some tightening. Just got to get that young defense now to be formidable and be consistent and become more of a top 10 consistent defense to year in, year out for this team to make this a reliable roster for every season. And, and you got to build depth on the offense still. You can't, you can't forget about that. Tyreek goes out. We've seen what happens when Travis Kelsey went out. <laughs> A few years ago, we saw what happens. It's you still got to have weapons to be able to throw to and account on to actually make plays. Yeah, my thing is the receiver situation. If Tyree kills out, then this offense is definitely different. It's and not going to be productive. It. We and saw that this year. We knew that was going to be the case going into the year. Um, and Byron Pringle luckily did step up. So yes. I do want him to be a part of this team. And that's why he's part of our stay or go free agent list coming up for the Chiefs. So, guys, I'm going to talk about some a few names here, list off some guys. And some of these are free agents, and there's a couple on here that are actually still a part of the team. I want to ask if you think they should be cut or retained this season coming forward. So I'm going to name off the names. I want you guys to kind of give me a roundtable, quick hit kind of a mentality here. First one I name off, Tyron Matthew. Stay or go? Uh, uh, stay, guys. Stay. Tyron right here, Kingdom Commentary, has some great tweets out today. Uh, Chiefs 2018 points points per game allowed, 26.3. Tyron comes into play, 19.3. This guy is 
a huge impact to our defense. We had to find a way to make it work with him. Um, and I think he feels mutual on this side. Because you saw when he was out last game with Buffalo, how much of a difference maker he is in that secondary. It felt like a lost secondary during that game. And that was scary. That was scary because it was coming down to the end each time. So even even when he's out previous games, it's pretty scary to see what our secondary is. So I'm going to go stay. I think right now Tyron's still effective. He's a big talker, obviously, on Twitter. So I hope he can just contain his emotions at times throughout this offseason. So that way we can, we can get a deal done. Let him talk. Well, at some point he's going to dig himself a hole. And so we already seen that happen once. We, I, want him, I want him to stay <laughs> in Kansas City right now because I think he does make an impact on the defense. And if you look at the cap hit numbers, he's going to be wanting somewhere around $14 million per year, which I, I'm going to talk about this in a little while, but there's a way to make that fit in easily. Yeah, so I'm on the fence here. I keep going back and forth. I mean, obviously, my emotions tell me, yes, I want to keep him. But as of right now, I would say we would have to let him go. I just don't know if we can make the money work. Um, you know, he's getting a little bit older. You know, we trust him as the leader of the defense. But at some point, you got to get younger and you got to get cheaper. And so right now, I mean, I'll probably change my mind again. But right now, I'd say we're going to let him go. All right, next up I got on my list is Jerron Reed. Uh, is it a stay or go for you, Tanner? Uh, he's a go. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he was effective enough. Like He he, he did do some great things for us this, this season, especially towards the end, but it, it's just not worth the, the money he's going to come into play with. Yeah, I never liked him this year really at all because he never lived up to the hype or expectations, and especially in the beginning of the year, uh, wasn't doing a damn thing, no tackles, no pressures, nothing. Towards the end of the season, when literally everyone else was doing better, oh, he would get a few tackles here or there. Sorry, that's not good enough for me. He's got to go. Yeah, he was just okay for me this year. Not not good, just okay, so he can go. Let's talk about Melvin Ingram now. Chiefs traded for him with a sixth-round pick here during the season uh, after week five, I believe. And guy is, uh, you know, came out right away, made a huge impact on the defense, had, had the mentality that we needed and the physicality we needed, had the ability to then move Chris Jones back to the inside to defensive tackle, his more natural position. So Melvin Ingram, stay or go, Tanner? Uh, I'm going to say stay. He is, what, turning 33, I believe? Yep. Um, a one-year granted, deal. Granted, yeah, I'd say, he, I mean, the guy was outside. He did really well for us. He seems to be really liking this team, too. You kind of see it in his press conferences when he is, but also with the team uh, through some of those uh, videos that you see on YouTube there by the Chiefs. So, I don't know. I, I think he meshes well with the guys, and I think he's is effective. And I think he can be effective for at least one more year. Yeah, I like his veteran leadership, and I'm with you guys. Let's keep him one more year because I think he's got a lot more to give to the game. Absolutely. And as I was just mentioning, you mentioned here veteran leadership. Chiefs are going to want to draft a young edge rusher. I think Ingram can be a good guy to have in that locker room mm-hmm. to help mold a guy to learn from too. Uh, next up, I got Byron Pringle. Stay or go? Stay. Stay, stay. You can mm-hmm. probably get him for uh, sign him as a wide receiver three or four mm-hmm. kind of money, and you don't have to pay him too much. Uh, so you can save there. And then also, he's, I mean, the guy's effective. Sure, he has his share of drops, but that's stuff you can work on through the offseason. I think he's shown that he's effective enough with this offense. Right now, his market value sits around $4 million per year. That'd be a steal to me. I'd love to have Take that him. on the team. So I want him to stay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep Byron Pringle. Let's just hope that he, he'll be the WR4, not the WR3. All right. Next up, speaking of outside players here, we got Charvarius Ward. 
Uh, obviously, the Chiefs picked him up a few years ago in a trade from the Dallas Cowboys. Been a good part of this team and a starter from the very beginning, really, once we got him over from Dallas. And this is an interesting one, you guys. He's looking at about $10 million per year, mm-hmm. according to Track, His market value, that's going to be a tough one to pull off, especially when the Chiefs have other young guys like Rashad Fenton, Legereus Sneed, a part of the group right now, and Mike Hughes is still on the fence. Uh, Traverius Ward, is he still a Chief this coming year or no? I don't think he is. Um, not that I want to let him go by any means. Uh, you know, he's done great in his position. He shut down Stephon Diggs in the playoffs, for God's sakes. And he held Jamar on that side for as long as, you know, for the most part of the game. So uh, I hate to say it, but I don't think we keep him. It's just due to contracts, salary and contracts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that um, just because of the situation at hand and the Chiefs feel like they can move on from him. I actually do have a friend who knows him personally who has talked to me at some point about how Ward himself believes he will not be a part of the team after this season. So he kind of sees the writing on the wall and the money is not going to fit with what he wants. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is thank you for your services, Charvarius Ward, but uh, we're not going to be able to afford you moving on. So he's going to be gone. Now, would you like these services now? Daniel Sorensen back again, Tanner. (laughs) I knew you were going to come up with this guy. I don't want him. I'm sorry. Uh, Dirty Dan has done. Dirty Dan did his service. I think Armani Watts, I know he's a free agent too, but I think he deserves a shot um, to show what he's done. I think he's also a better athlete at this moment as well. Dirty Dan, you know, he had his plays for us. He also blew his plays for us. So I'm I'm okay. Like, I'm passing on. Yeah, I like the idea of keeping Watts as well. But, yeah, Daniel Swords has got to get the hell out of here. I'm done with all the games with him. And it's just, it's, it's over for this whole thing with him. Yeah, you guys already know what I think of Dirty Dan. Uh, I would like to thank him for his services last year, not so much this year. Uh, you guys know I've been saying this since, I don't know, week one or whenever. Yeah, he still sucks. Another corner on the list is Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes, I think you keep him just because he that's, I mean, he could be a, a three or four for you on the cornerback depth. Um, you're not going to pay it. You're obviously not going to have to pay him a bunch. Um, he's just going to be good depth to have. Yeah, I like him to stay as well because, as we both predict, Ward will be gone. So I think keeping Hughes around will be beneficial. He's still only 25 years old, so I think he can be at least some kind of role within the team next year. Not necessarily starter because I still like Snead and Fenton to be those, and Hughes can uh, be a contributor in some kind of way. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to keep him. I like the price. I like his athleticism, and he's great depth for us, so I'll keep him. Here's an interesting one. Some people don't really care for this guy. I personally am a big fan um, Darrell Williams, the running back, obviously he's a guy who's been a part of this team for the last three years. I just think he's productive when he's on the field. He's not explosive. He's not going to go rush for a 30-yard, 40-yard kind of gain, but he will pick up five, six, seven-yard chunks consistently, and that's what I like about him. I want to keep him on the team um, behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire for now and then maybe even draft another guy. Just see what we can do with running back position because I don't really believe in McKinnon long term. No, I don't believe in McKinnon long-term. I think you need Durrell uh, out there because you're going to have Gore, of course, still there. Um, so between Clyde, Durrell, Gore, and McKinnon, you got your set backfield. I wouldn't touch it again for another year. Say, sign him. You're not going to have to spend a lot on him either. Yeah, uh, running back depth is always important, so I'm definitely going to keep Durrell Williams. Especially a guy that knows the offense, right? That I can fill right. in. He's he, he's good hands. Yeah, he's improved his hands yeah. as well from the previous year. So right. he he made every case. Uh, next one here. Um, this one should be kind of obvious. Brett Veach here this week obviously came out had high praise for Orlando Brown Jr. 
Um, he is going to be a free agent, but I don't think that's he's going to go anywhere. The Chiefs are going to find a way to franchise tag him or give him a new deal one way or the other. No matter what, though, you just gave up a first-round pick for him this past season, and he was meant to be brought in as your future. He was essentially your number one pick last year. Uh, you got to keep this guy around, give him – you know, I, I would say franchise tag this year, but long term, you're mm-hmm. wanting more of a five year deal to get done. No, I agree. You got to keep Brandon. Like he, you traded for him, like you said for the first round, but you just lost Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz all in the same season that you had forever on that line. You need a guy that's young and that can be present and play the games. He missed one game the entire time. You're gonna, you have to keep Brown. He he improved so much towards the end as well, being comfortable with uh, Mahomes that it, there's no case not to. Absolutely. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep him. I mean, I, I still think back to uh, last year's Super Bowl, and that was kind of our Achilles heel. And you need stability at that position. So I, I don't think we really have much of a choice. We got to find a way to keep him. And he's still adjusting to the left tackle position, too. So I thought that as the year went on, he got much better, much better compared to previously, where he was coming from an offense with Lamar Jackson, used to that run game, where Patrick Mahomes is a completely different style of quarterback. And the you know back behind the offensive and, line. Yeah, and you saw the way Patrick was with him as well. The first five five weeks or so, he was scrambling immediately, right? Because right. he was still the, you know coming off that Tampa Bay game. Well, come six, seven, eight, nine, as we progressed on, there was a lot more standing in the pocket and trusting that O line. And Orlando Brown was a key success to that O line of being for him to be able to do that. So. Orlando Brown is going to be a key to the factor, especially with all the young guys we have up there um, helping out Thune as well. Here's the most annoying turd on the entire team, in my opinion. Demarcus Robinson, stay or go? <laughs> I think you got to go. Um, I th- I'm hoping with the reserve contracts of Josh Gordon, Cornell Powell, we can see something, at least something between those two guys, but hopefully we can go out, go out and get another two weapons or so through the draft. Yeah, I'm going to get rid of him. I mean, what was he drafted in 2017? And even to this day, he catches the ball and falls down. So I, yeah, I can hire anybody off the street to do that. Yeah, I don't want him stealing reps from Pringle. Uh, I'd much rather have a young, young rookie come in or just another veteran to come in and have more snaps on the field. Robinson, you know, maybe he got targeted there at the end of the game by Mahomes, but. I don't know why that was the thought process that was going I mean, on. He's always part of the offense, thing, but, uh, but we need yeah. to quit that whole thing. It's it's ugly. It's bad. It's just time to move on from Robinson. I'd rather see Garrett Dieter out there at this point. So, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, two more on my list here. I want to talk about Ben Neiman. Stay or go? Ben Neiman. You know you're gonna hate me for this. I think he, I think you keep him. Keep him for depth. Um, depending what's out there and what you do through the draft, of course, it's gonna change everything. But I think from a death point at this moment, and salary cap wise, you got to keep the guy. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Tanner. Because I mean, obviously, it's tough. Anthony Hitchens this season still is going to be owed two point six million dollars, and I think that that's a cap casualty, as they put it. Mm-hmm. And so I could very well see him being cut from the team. Neiman could be held on to just for the sake of depth and to have a basically a fourth or fifth linebacker assuming that they find someone to fill in that Hitchens Correct. role. Correct. And also somebody that's knowledgeable on the defense and the players around him. Sure. He's not our favorite guy, but I guess I could see there's, why he'd be There's something around. there that at least willing to keep for another year. If I was playing Madden, I'd cut him. I'd put it oh, I, But I, in I, real life, we might want to hold on to Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Jason? I've always been told that he's the worst player on the team. I can't imagine who would have told me that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to get rid of him because he sucks. 
Gotcha. Well, you know who I think sucks almost as bad, but Frank Clark, goddammit. You know why? The value sucks for Frank Clark. <laughs> the highest paid non-quarterback in the entire NFL this past season, and yet this guy goes out and has four and a half sacks and then doesn't do shit in the playoffs. To me, Frank Clark, still part of this team right now. You cut his ass, take the, the dead cap money. I don't give a damn. Move on from the whole thing. And, you know, right now the Chiefs have $15 million in cap space. Cutting Frank Clark alone puts them up to, like, $37 million in cap space, or somewhere close to it at least. Maybe when we're, like, around the 30 range. Yeah. Still, it's worth it. It's worth it because you can get better value just looking through draft or, honestly, some of the veterans can get four and a half sacks for you. Tershawn sure. Morton, a in, Dana, got Kando developing. Sure. Uh, I, I agree with you on the cutting part. I don't. I still don't think we cut him. But I agree with you on cutting Clark. If I had to choose what to do, I would cut him. If if he gets caught with another Uzi in his car, do you think they'd cut him then? I think I think they might look into so it. So we need to start planting, you know, maybe some start forming some thoughts here about how we can frame <laughs> Frank Clark to get off this team. So I'll sneak it in. What are your thoughts? All I can say is playoff Frank. I was looking for you and you didn't show up. I don't know where you were. So unfortunately I'm gonna have to cut your hat cut your ass and you can take your Uzi and be on your merry way. All right, Sack Nation with no sacks in the playoffs this year. So, I mean, that's just a sad story, and uh, we cannot be having that for the future if we want to have a successful, consistent defense when it matters the most. So, uh, guys, thank you for playing along with that one. So, um, but, guys, so here's my other things here coming up. I was looking at some of the guys. They're on track. They have this thing called uh, market value. Yes. And click on this little link. It will give you the, uh, the expectation of what they could be owed this coming season. Orlando Brown right now is looking at $23.3 million dollars per year. Trent Williams, for reference, was $23 million per year on average right now. Okay. So he's right in that ballpark, but obviously younger. So that's what we're looking at for Orlando Brown Jr. if he's going to get a new contract this offseason. So if they say, for instance, do a four-year deal, then you're looking at it's going to be somewhere around you know $92 million, at least. Somewhere in that ballpark, anyway. Um, cutting Frank Clark, okay. $13.4 million. So if you cut Hitchens and Clark, you're now at $37 million in cap space to be used towards signing Tyron Matthew or even Travarius Ward. So it's going to be used in different ways. Basically, it's addition by subtraction. This is cutting the dead weight. My dead weight is Anthony Hitchens and Frank Clark on this defense right now. So letting them go opens up the options for other guys. I mean, I don't know what free agents stand out to you right now. Um, I have my little wish list, but um, I'm just kind of curious – what are, your, what are your thoughts, Jason, going into the future here for this team? Anyone in particular that you would like to see as a free agent come over to the Chiefs? Uh, yeah, I just that kind of blew me away, first of all, what you said about cutting those two guys. And I just think about the money that they were making. And when I look back on the season, I mean, did, did the fact that we had those two guys as starters on this team, did that cost us the one seed, in your opinion? I mean, they weren't productive enough, obviously, throughout the season. I don't know if it costed us the one seed, um, but obviously they didn't do it a whole was... hell of a lot. I mean, Frank Clark started out so slow, and then he had a few good games, and I don't know, just something to think about. Um, for me, uh, I'm thinking wide receiver first and foremost, mm -hmm. um, because the NFL is changing. As I talked to you earlier about Mike, and as much as I love defense, I'm a defensive-minded guy. Uh, the NFL is changing to an offensive league. And the one thing that you need more than anything is a playmaker, a difference maker. And so we need a guy that can make plays on a consistent basis 
opposite Tyreek Hill and obviously Travis Kelsey. So my vote, and I know you and I talked about this earlier, Mike, we've all got our different uh, favorite wide receiver like that we'd like to pull out of that free agent pool. My vote would be for Allen Robinson because I look at the quarterbacks that he's played with, uh, with Chicago and before that Jacksonville had Blake Bortles as his quarterback, then had Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback in Chicago and really didn't have a whole lot to work with, but still put up pretty good numbers. I mean, you put him with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he could explode in this offense. And that's, that's my first priority is we need a playmaker. And I'm looking at that wide receiver position. I just want to be able to have options after Tyree Kill because the Chiefs are so reliant on the two main guys, Kelsey and Hill. If you take away Hill, because Hill does have occasional injuries that pop up each season, it seems like when that's gone, you're stuck with the two receivers, Amico Hardman, Byron Pringle. You know, as much as I like Pringle and Hardman has his own little skills, you know, gadget skill set, we got to have more than that. We got to have some reliable hands uh, in this offense to be able to win games without Tyree Kill. And at least adding someone to this roster, you know, not that Robinson's my favorite guy. I'm a big Chris Godwin fan personally, but adding someone else to the roster is going to be huge for maintaining the success. We saw, you know, whenever Sammy Watkins of the Chiefs was not on the field, the Chiefs were a worse offense. And so that was obviously something that we saw over time throughout Sammy Watkins' injury history. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Chiefs still need to make sure that they have somebody that can be available and come on the field with Tyreek Hill on the sidelines at times. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> free agent wise for me, it's on the defensive side, um, and there's there's a handful of guys you could go after, but to boost up your line for <clears throat> the next year or two, I mean, you're looking at guys that you could probably get a little cheaper, like Brandon Williams, defensive tackle of the Ravens, yep. Jason Pierre-Paul, wouldn't be a bad addition on the other side of Melvin uh, uh, Melvin Ingram, um, or even Zaire Franklin if you can get him, if you can avoid the maybe the big price point, but with that Colts defense. He was a he was a force there too. So somewhere in the range of the linebacker uh, defensive line set is what I would be looking for. Yeah, the whole, only thing that sucks is that finding edge rushers and free agency is so not always hard. easy. No, because those guys get signed up and kept by their team. The edge rusher of a defense is probably like essentially as important on that side of the ball as a quarterback is to the offense. Because if you got to rush the passer with a four man front, you don't have to blitz every time. If you can get pressure with four instead of worrying about having to blitz. That goes so so far for your defense mm-hmm. and what they're capable of doing uh, on the back end as far as in the second level and third levels of the scheme. And so, guys, whenever you have your Vaughn Millers in their prime, they're not let go. They're let go when they get to their 30s and so on. So uh, it's just very rare to find those guys. You know, I, I like Justin Houston still, obviously, and the guy's still productive even in his 30s at this point. And so that's kind of crazy to think about that because we let him go years ago, still went to the Colts, with the Ravens, and still productive. So it's rare to find those kind of guys that are that good for that long. What about uh, bringing your boy Tim Ward back? Yeah, Tim Ward Jr. I mean, here's the thing. Jets have the rights to him, I think, at the moment. But um, I would take that and see if we can mold him into something once again. But, guys, that's a, that's a pipe dream at this point. So. Yeah, <clears throat> currently they do. So, uh, Tanner, so do you want to talk about some McDonald's things? I don't know. We <clears throat> had a little discussion with one of our buddies. So, McDonald's has these new menu hacks for February right now. I'll put it up there. There's a hash brown McMuffin, a surf and turf, uh, which looks like a fish fillet between, what, not even, it looked like a Big Mac style, but not really, a quarter pounder, I think. 
uh, crunchy double, which is chicken nuggets, double cheeseburger with barbecue sauce, and the land air and sea, which is uh, that's the McChicken, fish fillet, and the Big Mac. I'd probably do the first three. I don't know if I could do the last <clears throat> one there, but the first Man. three don't look too bad. I, mine would be just probably the crunchy double. Crunchy double, put some chicken nuggets on your McDouble. Yeah, or, yeah, huh? yeah. It wouldn't be know. bad. It might not be a bad idea. Can I put some sweet and sour sauce on there though? Probably do whatever you want, dude. Okay, I could probably make that work. So, which brings my question to you guys: What? Not even McDonald's, just outside of McDonald's. How many beers else? would it take, Tanner, to get to that point where you're just ready to go to McDonald's and swing through and get yourself a good old surf and turf? Oh man. We have to be up there while we were Sunday, so <laughs> <clears throat> to be able to do that. Now, what would be your concoction that you would come up with? Some kind of combo. Doesn't matter where. Doesn't like you could have your in and out combined with something else, whatever. It'll matter. What would be your concoction that you would create? And this is a difficult question because there's so many different things, but I guess I would go to Jack in the Box. You know why? They have such a wide variety menu. They got like Chinese food over there. They got like you know, cheeseburgers, chicken burgers, they got all kinds of stuff over there. Tacos. Egg rolls. Egg rolls. Oh, they got egg rolls. That's right. They have all kinds of things over there. Jalapeno poppers. And a big breakfast. Jalapeno poppers. God dang, they have so much stuff. <laughs> so you could do a lot with all their menu, but I would probably take, like, the loaded tiny tacos that you get, like, in the little box now, and then I would just probably combine that with the bacon ultimate cheeseburgers. So it's two patties. I would just take one patty, then put, like, three mini tacos in there, and then the other patty on top of there. Let's build it that way. So it's like tacos in the middle of a burger. Uh, I don't know. Just whatever the fattest goddamn thing I can think of. That's probably what I would try just to do. Everything with it. Let's just let's just get fat as fuck. What do you think? You know, when we first talked about this off the air, I was like, that is the stupidest topic that I could ever dream of talking about on this show. And I probably thought about it for five or ten minutes. And then all of a sudden, my creative juices started flowing. And I came up with, speaking of juices, I, I came up with the most juicy item that I could think of. And I'm actually considering trying this in real life because I was like, wow, that'd be amazing. So you are going to take a slice of Pizza Hut pan pizza, just cheese. Don't get any other toppings on it. It's just a cheese slice of pizza from Pizza Hut. Or you know, a lot, of, a lot of you people out there can't stand Pizza Hut. Just buy it somewhere else. I don't give a shit. And then you're on your slice of pan pizza from Pizza Hut. You are going to put a Jack in the Box, one of those wafer thin tacos on top. <laughs> and you are just going to eat the slice at the same time with the taco on top because it's like the exact same size. The fucking taco is the same size as the slice of it's pizza. A slice, yeah. And you're just going to eat it like that. It, it, I'm actually going to go try it. Like, I couldn't believe that I came up with that invention on my own. So you're just basically having like a taco pizza, right? Yeah, Jack in the exactly. Box. An actual taco. But, it's, but it's, it's the good. It's the best fast food taco do, you've do, ever had. Can you put the taco sauce, sauce on it? Taco sauce on the pizza, then. You can. You can if you want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could definitely put more. They give you taco sauce at Jack in the Box. They're not that stingy. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. That's, that sounds tribal, at least. So, uh, that's not bad. Any other genius thoughts, Tanner? All right, I got one. <clears throat> Applebee's has this uh, quesadilla burger. Right, and you have like a special sauce, a burger, cheese, tomato, pico de gallo, stuff like that in it. Right, it's on a between two tortillas. So pulled pork, an onion ring, cheese, more cheese on it, between it, and then do it again and have a 
double decker. <laughs> what are you, Jason? What are you making? Quesadilla pulled pork taco burger. Oh my god, that's disgusting! I don't even know. It would cost you. Down. It would cost no. you probably approximately about eighteen bucks. Eighteen bucks at a fast guess. food place? No, just anywhere. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I make cheeseburger crone traps all the time, so yeah, I'm tasting like, out really good. Like put pulled pork and but, onion ring and mm-hmm. like the good pulled pork, like something from like Smoketown or Hayward's or some something like that, and mm-hmm. just stack it up. Can I see that McDonald's list again, Tanner? Yeah, I want to see, see what that was again. Sure. It's, it's One the, last time. Uh, see, the surf and turf would not be bad. The crunchy double I could, could be pretty cool too. So. Crunchy double I can get down, with. and it's pretty easy. You can make that easily. It's, it's just four. It's like four chicken nuggets and cheese, double cheese. The land, air, and sea is just not reasonable. Like it's just it doesn't make sense. It's a Big Mac deconstructed with, with fish fillet, fish fillet, and chicken, and then McChicken. So, gosh, you know what? <laughs> if I got really high one day, then that could be potential. I could make it happen. I could at least give it a give it a try. I, I would time. need to be <clears throat> about where we were Sunday. So. I just I'm glad they came out with that top that uh, little menu there because I feel like. The United States, out of all the countries, they need to learn how to eat more and, you know, maybe put on a few more pounds. Yeah, oh, very man. well, very well. That's uh, good stuff. I know someone that might be having some, you know, eating and anxiety here very soon, and that is some of the uh, owners in the NFL right now. <laughs> so you might be stress eating here very, very shortly <laughs> about the lawsuit from Brian Flores coming from Miami Dolphins, obviously. Can you believe this, though? Miami Dolphins, apparently, according to his lawsuit, were offering him $100,000 per loss in 2019. So just that alone, we can break each one of these downs individually across the lawsuit if you'd like. But so this whole factor right here coming out makes you have to think about what else the NFL is capable of in collusion. And it also has to make you realize that, look, this is not some kind of perfect league where everyone's trying their hardest and, you know, everyone's giving it their all and this and that. Given their equal opportunity. If we're looking at a situation where we have proof where a team has gone out there and tried to lose on purpose, or at least, you know, the owner wanted him to lose on purpose. I think, I think Flores wanted to win. Um, then what else is the NFL capable of at that <clears throat> point? So it's endless. You know, what, other, what players could be getting paid under the table or this and that to make stupid bonehead decisions or screw up a game here or there and – that, that's something that should not be ignored or thought of as a conspiracy theory at this point. We know too much about the NFL that yeah. we got to consider it to yep. be an actual thing that could be going on in the league. Um, just what are your thoughts, Jason, about the situation with Miami and Brian Flores off the top? Uh, this situation is out of control. I mean, there are so many different things going on here at the same time. You've got the racial issue which people talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, not too many minority coaches right now in the NFL. You know, you got Robert Sala, Ron Rivera, and uh, Mike Tomlin, and that's pretty much it. So that's that's one issue that needs to be improved. And then you got – this is the funny fart part. Uh, <laughs> funny fart? Yeah, it's a funny, <laughs> funny fart. Uh, Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick actually spilling the beans while texting like a little 12-year-old girl <laughs> – um, with I don't know what kind of emojis he was using on that. And then you got basically the payoff, the $100,000 for, you know, for losing games. And so it's just so many different things going on there. But my biggest question is, why do I keep hearing that people will be shocked 
you know, if Brian Flores gets another NFL coaching job, because I kind of think in the opposite direction, I think after all this, when all of the truth comes out, I will be shocked if he doesn't get another NFL head coaching job. Now that uh, that's probably not going to happen this year, but I'm just saying down the road when all the truth comes out, I mean, Brian Flores, in my opinion, is going to look like a hero. And we already know the coaching job that he did with Miami. I mean, he didn't do a great job, but I thought he did a, a good coaching job there. I think he won like what, seven games in a row there, Yep. yep. you know, turned around that defense in, in year one. And all the while, in the meantime, dealing with this crooked owner, I mean, if you can pull that off and have a successful season like that, I mean, he's he's already proved his worth, dude. He will get another job. So it just kind of blows my mind that you know, everybody I listen to, they're like, oh, he'll he'll never he'll never sniff an NFL any kind of job, not just a coaching job, but he'll never sniff the NFL again. And I I find that hard to believe uh, based on his success that he had in Miami and also just the fact that he's he's kind of risking his career and calling out all the bullshit that goes on in the mm -hmm. NFL. So money aside on that, let's pretend like the Dolphins were not offering him any money to lose games. Let's just say that was what the owner wanted the team to do because Joe Burrow was going to be the number one pick in the draft there in 2020. And so obviously they wanted Joe Burrow at that point, you know, not to a tagli of Tunglevoa was not really going to be the guy that they were really having their eyes set on. Do you think that would actually be the right move to do? Because I think we've seen the NBA just do this in the past. And we've never really truly heard about the NFL doing this openly. And so I think that this is something, you know, we had the whole suck for luck situation here and there. And um, I just don't know, is that actually something you believe could be the right way to go about business is losing games on purpose? Let's take the money out of it, though. I, I just don't think you could do it because the, the prime example were the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, they did it for years. They they tanked for, I don't know, like five, six, seven years in a row yep. to get all these high picks. And the last time I checked, they haven't got any rings. They haven't won any rings from it. So the whole point is to try to, to win games and to eventually win a championship. And the 76ers really don't have much outside of Joel Embiid. Yeah, they've got one superstar player after all that. And, oh, by the way, They've got a bum that doesn't want to play by the name of Ben Simmons. Gotcha. So uh, my personal opinion is it doesn't work. I mean, you should try to build a team, build a team the right way. And you look at what Philadelphia 76ers did. I mean, it just didn't work after all of that tanking. I mean, they didn't do it for one year. They did it like it felt like forever. Right. And it turned into basically a disaster because now you got the Ben Simmons saga going on. And you got one superstar. That's it out of all of that. Gotcha. What are your thoughts, Tanner? Real quick here. Um, <clears throat> I just thought of another thing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So Hugh Jackson came out today about the situation, or I guess, yeah, today. And he mentioned in a way that he was paid for losses in Cleveland through 16 and 17. Um, not quite to 100000 what he said. And then recently he just announced that he would be uh, joining the lawsuit as well and supporting Flores in this. And it's kind of interesting if Hughes is coming out, right, uh, on this situation, because we know how bad Cleveland was back then and they're all their number one picks. Flores is coming out after a messy breakup with the Dolphins. 
like there's there could be something big going on. Now I didn't feel like mm-hmm. there was any tanking this year because you had the Jets, Jacksonville Alliance, all winning games late in the season. So that wasn't really relevant. Now, I'm gonna throw this at you guys on this tanking situation. Was this maybe part of Urban Meyer's situation in Jacksonville? <laughs> he benched James Robinson. It looked like it was about it, to me. The way it was rolling, he benched James Robinson. Barely played him towards the end of, of Urban Meyer's coaching situation. That could have been part of it where Urban Meyer's like, yeah, whatever, I'm out. I'm I mean, he was destructive to the entire organization the yeah. whole time he was there. I'm just, was, I'm just throwing that out. It, it was, was like he was trying out. to. But you just pointed out Hugh Jackson. We're talking about Brian Flores. David uh-huh. Coley just got fired here. Um, could have been. I mean, they, they blamed it on the staff now, for Coley. Okay, sure. I mean, David Cooley did the most he could with that team, I thought. I mean, he yeah. wasn't the best head coach in the world, but also it's hard to be good with they, the Texans roster yeah, they had so anyway. So Texans wanted Cooley to remove the offensive coordinator, I believe, and he Cooley's like, no, I'm, that's not what I'm doing this year. Yeah, so. I just think right now with the Flores thing, essentially what he has done is called out the league for taking advantage of the Rooney yes. rule. The Rooney rule being you have to have now it's at least two of minority coaching candidates Correct. interviewed Throughout, throughout the process for your um, head coaching position, and I think as well as assistant coaches even at the same time yeah, too. So, so. Um, but at the end of the day, I do want to point this out. I do think that the better fit should always be hired over any kind of a racial issue. I think we can all believe that mm-hmm. as a group here. Um, but with that said, the, the GMs and the owners are going to pick whoever they want regardless of a race rule that the NFL wants to implement. You can go out there as the NFL and have some kind of rule about this or that, and they will always find some kind of loophole or show their way of, well, we did it the way you wanted, and, you know, just to have something on paper to show proof of it. But at the end of the day, the owners and GMs are going to pick who they want. And there's always going to be a loophole to get around whatever the Rooney rules of the future are going to look like in this league. So I don't know how you're going to go about fixing the situation here that we're looking at. Um, And do you think it's a problem? Well, I can tell you this, this thing, if you think it's blown up right now, this is just the beginning. Just, we're, we're about to blow because yeah. I was listening to Get Up, uh, the show on ESPN with Mike Greenberg this morning. They interviewed Brian Flores uh-huh. with his attorney. And the attorney, the attorney basically said, it's not just Brian Flores. It's not just Hugh Jackson. They have people lined up to support, to, yeah. to support this whole thing. And they have other documented instances of coaches being paid to lose games or offered money to lose games and also just not uh, ownership and general managers not taking those uh, African-American interviewees seriously. Like they have documented instances where, you know, coaches were already picked. They were already handpicked. And then they went through the interviewing process afterwards, which, you know, I've seen that in my line of work. That that happens at all companies where you already know who your guy is going to be, but you have to go through the interview process anyway. It's a little bit different here because, you know, you're bringing in an African-American for an interview. It's supposed but to it's be because legit. they have to. You know, it's, Correct. it's in the rule that they have to be bringing in minority coaches. That's for an true, interview. but you should at least give them the interview right. and then exactly. hire the guy later. But that's why they're finding like basically a loophole and taking advantage of that rule that the NFL Correct. has in place. So Correct. that's what the problem is to me. And you heard what the Giants situation was uh, just with the whole debacle. With They already knew Dobble was it, essentially. They brought him in. I think they were like an hour late to the interview for Flores, which was a big thing. And then the interview was very simple, very plain. And then the whole Bill Belichick situation. And then he went to Denver for an interview. 
John Elway in the V or whoever was with the VP or whoever was an hour and a half late. And they were hammered. 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 Still hanging over. <laughs> hanging over. So, so we don't know anything about that around here. We would never do anything. <laughs> we would never know. We are good so, children. So, so essentially, Flores got disrespected in two organizations outside of Miami mm-hmm. trying to get a job. And this is maybe a, a big flaw on the Rooney rule is why, why are you wasting people's time? Why are you wasting mm-hmm. people's time now? Uh, just to abide by the rules. Commander Ned, actually, I, I like this tweet that Commander Ned did six hours ago, seven hours ago now, whatever. What if, now stay with me here, Eric Bieniemy isn't a poor interview, but rather he makes it clear in his interview that he's not going to break rules to be successful. Maybe that's part, maybe part of the, some of these teams that he's interviewing with, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm not going to lose. Well, the biggest problem, go the biggest play. problem with the enemy is that none of those organizations truly believe that he's calling plays. That's the problem with the enemy. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Right, but then why did Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy get jobs so yeah. quickly? And he, yeah, that's the issue that's there. That's true. When we knew all along Andy was calling the plays while they were in house. Yeah. Well, we know Andy was calling the plays there. So there's that going on. Oh, by the way, the Denver Denver Broncos are now ownerless. Um, I wonder if that was the timing. Of the Brian Flores situation, where there's like, all right, screw it. Teams for sale, guys. Now that, that was that was beforehand. That it was, was okay. Already, yeah, yeah. That was beforehand. So I think the Bolin family was but, like already um, having issues. Dolphins anyway, might so. be looking that way here soon. Uh, yeah. Well, aren't the Dolphins like owned partially by celebrities too? So. Uh, yeah. Serena, Venus, Mark Anthony, and Kanye and Kanye owner. No, Kanye not owner. <laughs> um, there's one other. Uh, Gloria Estevan is the other one, and then of course forty or ninety ninety. It's nine percent, ninety-six percent, some in that range, or ninety-five percent owned by uh, what's his face, Steve Boschman, or whatever the hell it is. Gotcha. The old guy, he's eighty-three. I see. So it's it's a crazy situation going on, um, and like Jason said, I don't think it's the end of it, especially if Hugh. Uh, Marvin Lewis came out about it today. If some of these guys that come out and experience the similar things, the similar kind of interviews of them being late, just being basically ignored, disrespected, it could blow up to something huge. And I think that's, I think that's what needs to happen. I mean, Brian Flores shouldn't have to take all the heat for this by himself. They need to stand together. Anybody that's experienced any of this nonsense, they all need to band together because that's the only way you're going to make real change in the NFL. So the story should be interesting. What Do you guys have any quick original thoughts here about how they fix this kind of rule so that way it cannot be taken advantage of and needs to be taken seriously? I hate to say it. I mean, I don't want to say it. Or is something we got to sit down for like months and think about? I mean, that's just something you got to sit down and think about. I I think the Rooney rule is flawed by far um, because if you're wasting – guys times it's not it's pointless i i think uh, as constructed the rule is just bogus and i think uh, the way it's constructed you you got to get you got to get rid of it altogether I, yeah because I if you didn't have that then everybody could just try to be more normal rather than trying to find a loophole around it right you know and then you know you could still bring in minority coaches you know mm-hmm. but it, it's better to do that willingly than yeah. to have somebody say, oh, well, you got to interview this guy or that I gotta guy. I interview these three guys, but well, yeah. I really want this guy. The entire intention of the Rooney Rule was to give more minority coaches an opportunity to be part of the staff. And I think it maybe has helped to an extent, but then again, I think just as times evolve, that's also been a big part of it too. We've seen successful coaches in the past like Tony Dungy, Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin was available right now, 
be Most, swept up. 30 teams so would be easy. begging to have him as their head coach. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this situation, the Rooney rule is creating kind of a racist idea behind it. And it's not, the teams are not maybe intentionally trying to be racist with it. They're just trying to go through the loophole to, you know, we want Brian Dable, but we have to go along with the system to make it look like we're doing our part because the rule says we have to. Yeah, but let's do it right. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree. I totally, yeah. totally agree. Because then we're wasting people's times like Flores and Biennemi and David Coley and so on that's uh, been part of this league now for yeah. a while. And so there'll, there'll be more to talk about on this topic. Oh, yeah. We as got, we go. This, this is going to be an offseason topic, by the way. So that's gonna... also, guys, in the offseason, I'll be talking about the NFL draft leading up, of course, here over the next few months. Um, we have the scouting combine will be coming up. Here, I think it's in February, What towards the end of February, I believe. I think it's the last Last week? weekend of February is when it normally is. So we'll be paying attention to that. Um, we'll just be tracking the draft, seeing what kind of fits and who the Chiefs are talking to throughout that entire process. I'm liking looking at some edge rushers, um, some, some linebackers, of course, receiver situations going on like that. Um, so we'll just be spying on who is the standing out um, along the way when the draft is rolling around here. Yep. So. Uh, but we're still like three months from the draft, right, Tanner? That's right. So it's still going to be a little while before we can a few get months too away. So, uh, so guys, just real quick before we do wrap this up here, there was some there's a lot of NFL news going on. Period. Washington uh, announced their new name, the Commanders. Thoughts? Quick uh, thoughts? I don't care for the name too much. It's a long name, and I don't. I think that they're trying to play the straight line here, or it's like, hmm, find something wrong with this name, and you know you can't. The Commanders is uh, just very. Bland and boring. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally would prefer that they leave it as the football team. Yeah, because it was it was very unique, and I I really liked it. Um, but Commanders is just that's like the most boring name that you'd come up with. I was thinking, you know, people wanted it to be red something, so I came up with my own idea. Since you have like the South Carolina Gamecocks, is that what they're called? Right. I, I thought you could have called them the Washington Redcocks. Nice. And I don't think that that would have offended anyone. Red Rocket like a doggy? Yeah, something there you like go. that. Yeah, that would have been a great name, Jason. I like that. Yeah. All right, all right. And then also, obviously, we're not really dig into it till September 1st per Mike, but Tom Brady didn't finally announce his uh, retirement here. Um, did you guys know Tom Brady was a 51 overall in his first Madden game. Oh, yeah. That's 49 a, speed. Look at that, man. That's an old one right there. But Drew Bledsoe, you saw, was a 44 speed. Yeah. So Brady was faster than Bledsoe. And Damon Heward was above Tom Brady. Who would have thought, right? That one. 60 speed. Get out of Isn't that awesome? Uh, also, uh, Bill Belichick did come out and say the best player in NFL history. Sure. As well. And then he passed the torch. Oh. Any idea who he passed the torch to? This this the picture of Lamar is ridiculous. It's Lamar. You are oh next. My God. We'll see. We'll see if Lamar is next. He's got to get yeah. paid first. So or just like win a ring uh, at some point. Maybe then he'll be next. But any, any chance they're gonna? Uh, Tom Brady's like still plus five hundred to win the NFL MVP. Is there any chance that still happens? Is it gonna be Rogers? That'd be amazing, actually. You know, he he. It's gonna be him or Rogers. Plain, plain and simple. So yeah, he's plus 500. Rogers is minus 400. So does that, Rogers, come, out, does that Rogers, come out this week? Uh, that's uh, on the 12th. The 12th. So yeah, Saturday okay. before the Super Bowl. Okay. Right. So imagine retiring and becoming MVP the same year and just walking off and that being it. I, I don't crazy. think they're going to do it because now, you know, X amount of people already believe that the NFL is now the WWE. If you give Tom Brady another 
MVP award on his way out. Now we know it's the WWE. It's like giving Brock Lesnar the damn title every freaking month. <laughs> hey, let's we'll, we'll keep Brock Lesnar our champion forever on WWE. <laughs> it's like it's like giving that to Tom Brady the MVP and award. And number 30 at the Royal Rumble, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. <laughs> Comes on out. God. All right, guys. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, or was that the final thought? Nah, that's what I had. I just wanted to make sure to shout out that news. So, all right, guys. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, obviously, we chatted about the Chiefs early on in the show. If you missed any of that, um, some of our sit or, or stay or go situations we have coming up with the free agency in the Kansas City Chiefs Foundation. And then we talked about uh, McDonald's for a while for some reason. I don't really know concoctions, why. Concoctions, your food concoctions. Uh, Tell us in the comments, your food concoctions. But we'll be talking NFL draft in the future, as well as NBA news and Super Bowl preview next week. So that's what we have on the schedule coming up. So with that said, uh, I'll see you all on the next one. See you guys. See you guys.